0: you. Yeah. This episode opens on St. Fleur's local news station. Looking at the weather radar, where a large blue and white blob covers the entire city. Over the map, the weather anchor can be heard. In an unexpected shift of weather patterns, a rare thunder snow blizzard has overtaken all of St. Fleur. The temperatures are dropping dangerously, and visibility is low. Authorities have issued a level 4 travel advisory for the whole city. Stay home and stay safe, citizens. And we fade from that news announcement to the outside of the Point Clair Church, where everyone has gathered. And I believe Alex just yelled something about you fucked around, time to find out. Yeah, it sounds about accurate. To remind us, currently, I believe, Jeremiah is inside the church, right? That is correct. And then Alex, Victor, and Alistair all are kind of on the church grounds. There's a bunch of kerosene. Uh,
1: Specifically propane. Very important. Propane. And And propane propane accessories. accessories. Yep, as soon as you said it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Silk is arriving in a vehicle with Dinah and a lot of guns. And werewolves. And wolves. And... Finn is here, Leone is here, <laughs> Finn's brood is around the exterior, waiting to pick off anybody who runs, what is left of the brigade is here on the church's side, there are acolytes on the church's side, am I missing any major players that we have <laughs> established are here?
1: Anybody who wants a piece of the action, there's a travel advisory, so stay home.
2: <laughs> I think that's everyone who is at the church, and the like, Probably some more people coming.
0: Yes. You have that handy dandy list of people you've met.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's da- we're, we're all being very uh, inconsiderate at the moment.
0: Supernatural people don't pay attention to travel advisories. That is bad advice. If there is a level four travel advisory, do not travel.
3: We've had a lot of fun here today on Shadows of Saint Fleur, but you know what's not fun, kids?
0: getting in a car accident all right what is going on as this very tense moment stands in the air
2: jeremiah is lining up a shot of magic bullet at alex
0: i feel like i
4: am entering battle at this point that's fair so
1: I have a move that I would like to roll before I forget to roll it, because okay. it could be relevant.
0: <laughs> what is the move?
1: This is Vigilante. When I go into battle, I roll with blood. So let's let's see how that goes. That is an 11. So on a 10+, plus, I'm going to hold 3, and I can spend these during this fight uh, one for one to do several things, which we'll see when they happen, but good to know what, point I'm-, what I'm looking at here.
0: All right. So, it sounds like Jeremiah's just opened us up strong with a shot right at Alex. No questions asked. I
2: mean, he was going to wait, because it seemed like there was going to be some talking first, but he is definitely ready to, like, shoot when things inevitably go south.
0: All right. Alistair and Victor, what are you doing? Quick check.
3: I have a debt on Niberius. Do I have a way to contact him? Do you have a mirror
0: on your person?
3: I feel like Alistair's the type to have a pocket mirror.
0: He really does seem like the type to have a pocket mirror. We've established that demons like to move through mirrors in St. Fleur.
3: Okay, yeah, he's going to pull out his pocket mirror and try to get in contact with Niberius.
0: Give me a roll to let it out. That I can do. That's an eight. All right, so on a hit, you do it on mark corruption, and choose one from the list.
3: I guess, would it be extending my senses to talk to Niberius?
0: Yep, that works for me. So, we see Alistair pull that pocket mirror out and kind of flip it open. And it doesn't take long for Niberius's sigil to appear on the mirror. Niberius himself does not appear because this is a tiny mirror and he is doing you the favor of not breaking it yet.
3: Niberius, my dear friend, you are the type to uh, be interested in the politics of this city, am I incorrect?
0: Well, it depends on who's doing the politicking, but. What do
3: you need? Well. All of that stuff that happened with. Theodora and myself and. You being involved. Well. Let's just say your little pet has. Met an untimely end, and. If you would like to get revenge on the people that caused that, feel free to show up and. Help
0: me out. So go ahead and mark wild if you don't have it marked already, because you're cashing in a debt on an NPC. Okay. As you know, I can't get there myself without a lot of intervention, but I'll um, send two of my bests to help you.
3: Oh, it would be much appreciated. Hopefully someone in the fighty
0: variety. Oh, trust me, I think you're familiar with these two.
2: Oh, that doesn't sound good.
0: <laughs> Basically, everybody can feel this happen as all the snow that's around um Alistair starts to melt as two people appear along, well, people. they're both already in their demon forms. Two demons that we saw a really long time ago appear alongside. Alistair. One has a feminine form with snake hair and fangs, and the other has a masculine form and an extra set of arms with pinchers and a stinger. This is Medea and Scoville, who you fought back at the penthouse, Kyle Schwinn, forever ago.
4: Oh, I remember them so well. Nice to see you again. Good times.
0: The snake hair just hisses at you. All the snakes just hiss at you.
3: I'm very glad that you're on our side this time.
0: I think you're the only one that's glad about that. Jeremiah, I saw you uh, put something in- Yes, uh, Jeremiah would like
2: to roll channeling.
0: Yeah, go ahead and get some channel going as you see demons appear alongside Alistair. Surprise! Ooh, that's a seven. All right, what happens on a seven to nine? Do, do,
2: do. On a seven and nine, hold free and choose one from the list below. we will get a mark corruption. Nice. Which puts me up to my next corruption advancement.
0: Victor, what are you doing?
5: Since no violence has popped off quite yet, Victor is going to inspect the building. He wants to try to find a good way in.
0: All right. Do you want to roll to let it out? I would love to.
5: That is a 10.
0: So on a hit, choose one and my corruption. On a 10+, plus, you can either ignore the corruption or choose another from the list.
5: Can I just take the plus one forward on my next roll?
0: I think you were also trying to extend your senses to actually, like, okay, get sure. the answer of what you wanted.
5: Yeah, that sounds good to me, too. I'm good with fictional positioning.
0: Okay, so because you said you're looking for a way in, right? Right. Are you looking for, like, a sneaky way in? Are you looking for, like, a...
5: No. A way that is either the least covered by magical people with guns or a way that allows me to get close before being shot at a bunch. Those are my sorts of priorities. I'm not looking to try and be stealthy at all.
0: With your heightened wolf senses, because, let's be honest, visibility is shit. There's so much snow still just pouring out of the sky right now. What you notice is that along the right, there is a graveyard that has a bunch of tombstones that are like statues, like angel statues, gargoyle statues, that sort of thing. That would cover you most of the way in. You could either then from there go through the front door like a civilized person. Or there's some stained glass you could just barrel your way through.
4: Mm. Good to know.
5: Victor shifts his large shoulders to look at Alex. Are we waiting for something? Not at all. (sighs) And then he just barrels down the graveyard with speed as he lumbers on all fours through the thick snow that is already caked half of his face and side.
2: I think at that, Jeremiah's gonna shoot, Alex.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Alright, roll your shooty move.
2: (laughs) That is a 13.
0: Oof, what happens on a 10 plus? Is this just like unleashing an attack, or?
2: Yeah, unleashing an attack. Uh, I think it's gonna inflict terrible harm.
0: Alright, how much harm does your gun do?
2: That is a good question
0: rifle, so I think it's true. Bolt action rifle, two harm. Sniper rifle, three harm.
2: We only specified rifle, so I will... If you want to be specific at this point, I'll go with whatever you choose.
0: And assault rifle's three harm, so let's go with three harm, because I feel like Jeremiah has good contacts to get him a decent gun.
2: Alrighty. So that'll bump it up to four. Four.
0: Where on Alex are you shooting?
2: Just center of mass. It's way too dark and windy to try for a headshot, so let's fire at the largest target possible. Cause it's also it's still a gun and it's gonna hurt.
0: Yeah, so Alex, you just got shot. Mm-hmm. How you doing?
4: Well, if I count correctly, that's what. For harm? Yep. For harm. Cool. I would like to mark a
0: scar. We're going to play with scar rules, and I'm not going to make people take themselves out of the scenes. I'm not trying to kill your characters, but I'm trying to kill your characters a little bit here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, well.
4: Hmm.
0: Actually, you could take yourself out of this scene. I am going to be liberal in what frames the scene here. So you don't have to remove yourself from the war. You just might need to get off the front line.
6: Or go deeper into it. Leave the scene and go into the castle or the church.
1: I think, no, no, I think if you're okay with this, I, I'm okay with marking a scar here. Because what I'd like to mark is fractured. And I think the way that works is that this bullet hits Alex' center mass. And these are special, special bullets, as I recall. Yes. And when it does, we briefly get a flash through the snow of different silhouettes, almost like it has knocked some of the uh, ghosts inside Alex's head briefly out. And usually, when he does vampire stuff, like his eyes go kind of weird and black. I think in this case, just the one does, and possibly starts bleeding a little bit from the corner of his eye. Oof. And then follows the trail of the bullet up the wall, and then Alex briefly becomes a shadow, and I'd like to use one of the hold I have from Vigilante, which is to cross the distance to any character outside of my reach before they have time to adjust or react. Nice. As soon as the bullet, like, hits the ground, Alex is right in front
4: of Jeremiah, just bleeding from the one eye, and kind of smiling a little bit at him. Hello, Crawford. Alex, and I'm going to grab his wrist and probably shove a
1: sword in him. So I, I guess I need to roll. Yeah, that.
0: roll to unleash an attack. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Uh, can I spend my <laughs> like
2: to get some armor?
1: It is explicitly before you have time to adjust or react.
0: <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right. That's fine. It's only a seven. It is a seven, and. So do you feel like with how that move is written, he doesn't have time to get in the way then?
1: As far as how Vigilante works, it is that you cross that distance before they have time to move or react. So I I don't know. That's kind of up to you there.
5: I mean, it doesn't say and then you can make a move where.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm inclined to think that Jeremiah has enough time to get in the way. If you would like to do that, Allison. Uh, sure. Um, so when you lend a hand or get in the way after PC has rolled, roll with their faction.
2: Oh, that's not going to be good.
4: Nope. That's six. All
0: right. So something will happen. But first, let's go ahead and finish resolving the and attack. So on a hit, you inflict harm as established and choose one.
1: Yeah, so sword is three harm, and what I would like to take from him is the gun. I think as that sword just slams into him, Alex just tosses the gun from the roof.
0: All right, and how much harm does your sword do? Three base. And then choose one from below as well. They inflict harm on you, or you find yourself in a bad spot. Oh, let's let's
1: find myself in a bad spot. How bad could it get, right?
0: Yeah, you remember how I never had the other foot drop from your um, door? Yeah, right? this, this would be awful if I did that right now, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? Jeremiah, can you take the three harm, or are you going to need to mark a scar?
2: Uh, I don't have that many scars left, so I'm going to take the free harm.
0: All right. The sword goes through Jeremiah, and we see on the wall... Alex's shadow split again, and from out of his shadow steps the profile of a woman holding a sword. Well, that's probably fine. That's probably fine. We don't need to worry about that. What is her name? Jeanette de Collier. Yes. And I'm going to say she has the sword to your throat, Alex. And that's where we're going to jump over to what actually happens with the hard move now of the miss. So basically, Alistair, this all kind of started to unfold real quickly in front of you. And after Jeremiah shot, others from the brigade started to unleash fire as well. And the two demons just kind of like give each other like a, oh, you're kidding me. Look before... They both rush in, imperceivably fast with their demonic strength, and start working their way through these hunters. Okay,
3: so just to make sure I have everything straight here, what is between
0: me and the entrance to the church right now? Now there's nothing. Okay. Okay. Because your demons are doing work.
3: In that case, Alistair is going to stroll dramatically into the church. Uh And he's going to try to, I think he's going to make his way through until he finds either, what's her name, Mabel? Yes, that's the ghost. Uh, Either Mabel
0: or Jeremiah. We get that shot of Alistair walking dramatically into the church. The doors are normally locked, but I presume you still have the um, ring on your person?
3: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: So the doors give way to the ring that Alistair has from Fleur's watch. And... When he steps into the main pew area of the church, you see a few of the acolytes there, fireballs in hand, ready to go. And Victor, you're, you're coming up on that too. Since you went the way that you did, you were able to avoid all this hunter volley even before the demons involved themselves. So you see Alistair walk in. I
5: would like to follow him in through that front door that is now open. Come up behind him.
4: I've got these.
3: That sounds desirable.
5: I step in front of Alistair. I will still let you leave if you
4: run
0: now. Rolled a persuaded NPC (laughs) through promises. (laughs) I mean, threats is a Or threats, it's kind of both.
3: (laughs) The promise of a threat. That's a three.
0: Yeah, these are very zealous acolytes who are eager to prove themselves and think that this fight is the way to do it. Mm -hmm. They're not budging, and there is a fireball coming right at your face. But the snow melts off in the process, so there's that. Good. You do have time to react, though, because you are a werewolf.
5: Cool. I would love to mark a corruption and take two qualities of my transformation until the end of the session. Specifically, the one that I care about is that I am all but immune to magical attacks while transformed. Oh, shit. I'm also going to take plus one ongoing to escape while transformed.
0: That's also a really good choice here. Yes. Alright, so tell me what it looks like as this fireball hits you and does nothing. Tell me if this
5: is okay, but I want to flavor this as this is a power I have from being a baron of the city.
0: Ooh, I like it.
5: So instead of this being some werewolves are just immune to magic, which I'm sure some are, but there is the crest of five points appears on my left pectoral for a moment in like a blue light, and then I'm Shrouded in this vague aura, and the magic just piffs off of my body and over my shoulders around Alistair. Nice. That was a mistake. And then I rush at that person, grab them by the leg, and beat them through a pew.
0: Roll to unleash an attack. That's a six. Alistair, you are still in the scene, currently. Yeah. Are you going to try to assist, or are you just strolling on, minding your own business?
3: No, Alistair will be nice.
0: You will roll with the Knight Faction.
3: That I can do.
0: And on a hit, you'll give him a plus one, and then things might happen. That is a ten. Alright, so how do you help while also avoiding getting yourself involved in this at all?
3: So what exactly was Victor doing again, just so I can make sure I'm on the same page?
0: I have
5: charged at somebody, grabbed them by the leg, picked them up, and, like a bag of ice, smashed him into a pew.
3: Okay, so I think what I want to do is, you said there's multiple of these people in here, right? Yes. Three or four. Okay. So I think Alistair's channeling his magic, not his elementalism, but just, like, general magic. And I think he's warding them off from being able to interfere so that Victor is able to focus on the one that he's currently directly attacking, if that works.
0: That works for me, and it's also a good way that you're not really getting involved as far as they can tell, because there's a lot going on here, as you're just casually moving along. Victor, that brings you up to a seven. On a hit, you inflict harm as established, and choose one. I'm gonna inflict terrible harm. All right, this guy is dead. Mm -hmm. Unless you intentionally, (laughs) like, tried not to kill him, but otherwise he's dead. Not at all. Cool. And then on a 7 to 9, choose one from below as well. I'm going to find myself in a bad spot.
5: Because I don't think these folks can inflict harm on me, and I'm not interested in taking that just to ignore it.
0: Okay, so you're specifically resistant to magical attacks, right?
5: Bullets still fucking work. Well, as good as they usually do anyway.
0: Yeah. But that is not the issue here. Okay, what are your weaknesses?
5: Silver, specifically. Also, when I transform, ooh, which I forgot to do. Oh, you keep. I have to roll to keep my cool or declare a hunt. Can you just choose to call a hunt? Because that's what you're doing anyway. Yeah, I can. I can. The Mabel will probably be fine. Yeah. But that also gives me another corruption, so. That's fun.
0: So the bad spot that you find yourself in is that as you moved in, the other acolytes were able to construct a barrier behind you. So you're not able to go back out or like no one else can run in to help you. And this is when you notice that the crucifix that they have hanging behind the altar is pure silver. Good. there's your bad spot.
5: (laughs) That's not great. I hope no one hits me with that or tries to compel me with magic with it.
0: The power of silver compels you. Oh, damn. Not Jesus. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Silk, as you and Dinah are approaching the scene, you can hear gunfire, some distant screaming. It's casual.
6: Oh, well, it looks like the festivities have already started. I'm going to assume that you maybe have a long-distance rifle of some kind in your bag
0: there? Of course, I don't get close if I don't need to.
6: Lovely, then let's go find a nice little vantage point and put you to use, then. Yeah, Silk is just gonna go try and find somewhere to park Dinah and watch.
0: Yeah, so what you notice, because I've established that Point Claire sits on the edge of the Cape, and, like, the Cape is a cliff edge itself, but for the most part, like, the Point Claire neighborhood all moves upwards towards this church, but the church is kind of off to the right to be on the Cape, and if you go off to the left, it goes up a bit higher. You can probably find a vantage point up there somewhere.
4: All right, I would love to do that.
0: I mean, Silk's driving, yeah? Or is Dinah driving?
4: Yeah, Silk is driving.
0: That's good, because Dinah would have been like, I'm not driving in this weather. So we see Silk's vehicle pull off towards the left, circumventing the fight and off-roading a little bit to go find a good spot to set up, watch the festivities, maybe drink some wine. Who knows? He's not sure yet.
4: Yeah, there's definitely something to drink in this car.
0: Of course. All right. Alistair, you're able to duck off into the rectory of the church, which is off to the side as Victor is getting embroiled in this fight that you're not taking part of. And as you move off into that direction you hear footsteps following after you.
3: Is there anything I could
0: use as cover? The rectory is like a residence, so there's furniture around.
3: Yeah, if there's a small, like a low table or something, basically Alistair is going to use that as cover in case things go the way that things go for Alistair. And he is going to keep his gun ready to find out who's following him.
0: All right, roll to keep your cool.
3: That's an eight.
0: On a seven to nine, the MC will tell you what it's going to cost you. Okay, so you're trying to avoid being seen by whoever this is, basically, right? Yeah,
3: Alistair wants the ability to get the jump on them.
0: Trying to think. So you basically just jumped under this table.
3: Either under a table or like on the other side of an end table.
0: In the panic of your motion, you dropped your dad's grimoire. You can either expose yourself and grab it or you can stay hidden.
3: Yeah, that fucking tracks. Fuck, I need the book.
4: I'm going for
3: it.
0: Alright, so we see Alistair hide, almost completely disappear. We get that dramatic pan shot over towards. The book sitting in the middle of the hallway, and Alistair just like, fuck. And dashing back out to grab the book. As we see the woman who we all recognize at this point as the Orchid. She was the one who recruited you, question mark, into Fleur's watch. She's also the one who made the deal with Jeremiah and helped heal him. Well, not made the deal, but helped heal him up. She was who you were fighting earlier. And it's dark in here currently. So when she recognizes who you are, she pulls a gun out of her robes because she's still wearing her ceremonial robes and is... Holding it up towards you, Alistair. What do you want to do?
3: I think Alistair puts his hands up a little bit. And his gun very very clearly still held in one hand, but his hands up. And he says, now let's not do anything that either one of us might regret. And how would I regret shooting you right now? Well, you've got me there. That's mostly something I would regret, but deals can always be made, can they not? I'm listening. What do you think you have to offer? Well, I have to admit I don't know entirely much about you to be able to give you a solid offer. What is it that you're trying to get out of all
0: of this? Well, to figure someone out. That's a 10. My rolls are good today. And then Alistair somehow talks his way out of all of this. Okay. On a hit hold two, if you're in their faction, you can ask an additional question. And you are both powers, so you get the additional question. So you have three questions. All right. So you just ask what's your character hoping to get from this, basically? Yeah, basically. This organization has helped keep prosperity in the city for years, even if it comes at a cost. I just want to see that stability continued. She just doesn't want to fuck the status quo.
3: How could I get your character to let me go?
0: So... She says she doesn't, like, want to fuck with the status quo, and that seems pretty true. She does want things to continue as they were, and what she's hoping to get from all of this is that a new flur ascends and that the organization continues. Now, how you could get her to let you go is to agree to work with her to get her as the next fleur.
3: All right. My last question is going to be, what does your character worry might happen if the status quo does get
0: messed up? She knows that this work and ritual that's continued, while it might seem from the outside to be extremely for personal gain to those on the inside, is a big part of why business continues to come to St. Fleur, even though it's in kind of an odd location that doesn't make sense for a metropolis of the size why basically the city has been able to continue to boom she is worried that there will be like a legitimate economic bust in the city if the status quo gets messed up surprise the enemy was capitalism all along <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> i can guarantee you that the status quo as it were, is it worse going to maintain in this city. As much as I may honestly detest the idea, a power vacuum does not exist for very long. Someone will rise to fill it in, and, well, if you graciously allow me to not die at your hands, odds are not low that Perhaps you could rise to a higher ranking of power than you are
0: now. Roll to persuade an NPC with an extra plus one, because you are saying exactly what she wants to hear. That's a 12. You see her think about it for a moment, her grip on her gun tightening, but then she lowers the weapon. Well, you're right that a power vacuum never lasts long, though. My only concern is that whoever steps up into the vacuum leads the city correctly.
3: Then let's assure that it's you.
0: And I think that's a good point to move from that scene back to Alex, Jeremiah, and a ghost that has a sword to Alex's throat.
4: All right. Shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jeremiah was hoping that no one would get close to him.
1: I like to pan in on that shot of the gun just tumbling down into the snow. And Alex seems rather nonplussed that there's a ghost with a sword at his throat. He's kind of focused on Jeremiah at this point.
2: Uh, I think Jeremiah's gonna, like, scramble backwards after getting stabbed. And is gonna dump some hold into shielding.
0: Nice. So what does it look like as Jeremiah builds up this armor?
2: The air around Jeremiah darkens. It's kind of like looking at him through like a blurry window pane, as just the air around him seems to like harden.
0: I'm gonna put two harm into that. All right. So, Alex, you see this take place, and you feel that shadowy blade cutting into your throat a little bit. What do you want to do?
1: I think for the moment. Alex is just going to drop one hand
4: into a pocket. Tell me, Crawford. Just humor me. What did you hope to gain from this?
2: They offered to put Dinah's memories back.
4: You absolute fool.
2: Hmm. Seemed like a good deal at the time.
4: Did you realize
1: they were using you, or did you just not
4: care?
2: Eh, people have used me. My family used me. Really, just a rabid dog who needs someone to be pointed at.
1: Oh, for God's sakes, this is the second time I'm gonna have to give this speech tonight. Get over yourself.
2: Oh, then shut the fuck up. <laughs> Either fucking kill me right now or walk away. <laughs> I don't have time for morality speeches.
4: It's not about morality. Either way, it's about making decisions
2: shove it up your fucking ass
4: you agreed to take a shot at me because what a ghost offered to get your lover's memory back sums it up yeah and rather than come to me you realize what I gave up to get her back for you the one time right
2: to be honest no
4: no because I didn't rub your face in it Because I actually liked you at the time. And you threw that away. Just remember that. So how's that ghost doing?
0: She hasn't moved yet, but if you try to move, I'm going to need you to escape a situation. Or you can fight her.
1: I actually have kind of another idea. Because as Alex starts to move and as she makes the uh, the play for him, I would like to spend another hold from Vigilante to redirect an attack within reach to another character within my reach. Oof. So, Alex turns, and it's just a smooth motion where the tip of his sword comes up and deflects Jeanette down into Jeremiah.
4: Oh my god!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jeremiah, how much armor do you have right now? I have two armor right now. Okay, that's not too bad because spooky shadow Stored is not armor penetrating thankfully. <laughs> oh, Thank god. And does 3 harm. So that would bring you down to 1 harm.
4: Uh All right. Uh right in the right in the wound. And at that point assuming no one is stopping him, Alex is actually just walking away from this.
0: She is a ghost. She is not happy and she's not just going to let you walk away. I'm still going to need an escape (laughs) a situation if you want to walk away from this. (laughs) Okay. Jeremiah
2: wants to shoot Alex in the back despite not having magic vampire killing bullets.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's, let me, let me escape. We'll see how that goes. That's a 13.
0: Shit. Alright, so on a 10 plus, choose one.
4: Sure.
1: I'm just going to give into my base nature and mark corruption here. Because I think the way this looks is that as Alex deflects that blow into Jeremiah, he shadows out again. And now try, I'm trying to remember positionally where, where Jeremiah was set up. Because I think he was kind of up a bit, right?
2: Yeah, your second or third story of the church.
1: Yeah, and Alex is leaning full into the fact that he is, in fact, a magic, scary fucking vampire. So he shadowed up here, and he is just going to step back into the shadows uh, at the corner of this wall where Jeremiah was set up, and into the church.
0: Jeremiah, this ghost doesn't even seem to notice you, and disappears back into the shadow after Alex. But also, because how that positioning was just set up. I'm imagining this like the church that I went to. So I imagine you in the balcony seating. Yeah. Where there are more pews and stuff. So if you turn around, you will see that Victor is currently caught behind a barrier with a bunch of acolytes. Hey, Victor, how's life?
4: Just grand.
0: What you want to do? You got a spooky silver crucifix, got a bunch of acolytes that are still going to try to murder you. They're pulling out other weapons now since the fireball did nothing.
4: Yeah.
5: I fight groups like a small group? Yes. Can I engage these acolytes on group to group combat? Yes. I would love to do that. We see Victor furiously jumping from person to person and like the camera stays away from it as like blood splatters across the uh the vision of the camera and then he jumps out covered in blood and that's the theme I'm going for in this fight.
0: Alright, roll two. Unleash an attack against acolytes armed with a hodgepodge of weaponry. That is an eight. Okay, so on a hit you do it. Choose one, inflict terrible harm, or take something from them. I will inflict
5: terrible harm, and I will also let them inflict harm on me.
0: Okay, so how much harm do you do then?
5: I do three in my werewolf form. Okay. With my... Glowing red claws and teeth that smoke slightly from the demonic influence I have.
0: Terrible harm takes you up to four, then. It does. In the process, though, some of these weapons don't do anything to you, but some of these acolytes were a bit smarter than the others and have silver knives. So I think you take two harm that's armor penetrating. From the silver weaponry. Okay. But between the harm that you established on the first one and the amount of harm that you just did, it was a bloodbath. Like, you took the rest of the group out in that process. It was just, like, a bunch of chip damage that added up. Absolutely. And then, Alex, where in the church were you heading to?
4: Alex is ultimately making his way for the bell tower.
0: Alright, cool. So. Y- you miss all that. But Jeremiah, you, you turn around to see the bloodbath.
2: <laughs> uh, Alright, Jeremiah's gonna grab his shotgun, and... Oh god, where-, where is he gonna go? Rifles out of reach? That's outside, in a blizzard. And there's two demons nearby.
0: Yeah, those hunters aren't doing too hot.
2: Uh, oh, this is not looking good.
0: Also, you've got a stab wound through your gut.
2: Me too. Jeremiah is quite injured at this point.
1: Do
5: I know that you're there, Jeremiah?
0: Maybe? You can probably smell his blood. Mm. If he wasn't actively bleeding, I would say it would be harder, but he is actively bleeding.
2: Alright, Jeremiah is going to spend the last hold he has to turn invisible, and
0: run. All right, Victor, would you follow after Jeremiah?
5: No, I need to eat some of these corpses.
0: Okay, then I'm not going to make uh, Jeremiah roll to escape a situation then.
5: I was going to try and convince him to leave,
2: so this is perfect for me.
0: All right, at least not, not yet. Jeremiah, how far are you trying to run? Like, where are you going? we got demons. We've
2: got Victor killing a whole bunch of people. Outside is not great, because there's probably more werewolves, and it is horribly cold. Ugh. I think he's just gonna, like, find a dark corner of the church and collect himself.
0: Alright, then yeah, you do not need to roll to escape a situation. You're able to find a dark corner of the church to collect yourself in.
2: I would also like to... Mark corruption to activate interested parties. Yes! When you're outnumbered, outgunned, or surprised, and I think outnumbered and outgunned is applying here, I can mark corruption for a third party interested in your dealings to interrupt the proceedings.
0: All right, who are you calling in? Celia Mendoza. Yes, the leader of the other network organization, basically. Yes. So what does this look like? How do you invoke her, so to speak?
2: So once Jeremiah gets to her corner away from the fighting, he's going to pull out his phone and text her. Shit's going down at Point Claire. Need help.
0: I think you just get a text back that's like, Point Claire the neighborhood or Point Claire the church. The church. She's not the type to do thumbs up. Then you get just an on my way, in all lowercase. Actually, she'd put on our way. Because she don't, she don't do jack shit alone. She always has an entourage. Alright. And from there, Silk, you have been able to find a good vantage point in this time. And Dinah is putting together a rifle. Uh, it was originally taken apart in its case, so she's setting herself up.
6: Yeah, so... Since I don't actually want to get in there and get shot, what I would like to do is clear Dinah's line of sight with some fairy magic here and make shooting easier for her.
0: All right, do you have a fairy magic spell for that or are you letting it out?
6: I'm going to be letting it out, I think.
0: All right, roll to let it out.
6: That is an 11.
0: All right, so on a hit, choose one to mark corruption. On a 10+, plus, you can either ignore the corruption or choose another from the list.
6: Let's see, I'm definitely taking hold of something, um, so that's going to be, like, line of sight or something. I'll just ignore the corruption, I guess.
0: All right. So we see Dinah get set up, a, like, surprisingly clear cone of vision appearing for her, and she just kind of nods at Silk and, like, a. Uh, you don't thank a but you know, it's a, I acknowledged what you did, Nod.
6: <laughs> uh, I imagine Silk is pulling out a folding chair from, from his trunk and sitting down and just watching. And, like, he waves his hand to get that cone of vision going.
0: And she's going to start helping to pick off these hunters with the demons. That hunter group's about to bite it. But that's okay, because Celia Mendoza's group's going to show up and make things worse. Somehow. <laughs>
2: Yay.
0: Alright, back inside with Alistair. What we get is kind of as Dynoscope goes over the rectory windows of the church, we get that shot of Alistair, which brings us back inside to Alistair and the Orchid, who has put down her gun and has agreed to collaborate with Alistair for the time being.
3: So, if we're going to get this done as quickly as possible, which is my preferred method of doing things, why don't you guide me to Mabel and, with the help of this little book that my father left me, we take her out of her position of power.
0: Angela nods and it's just like, follow me. She actually stops for a second. And she's like, wait, looks around and opens. She pulls a book off of one of the bookshelves that opens a secret door, basically. It's really just a storage area, but there's a bunch of like the robes and masks in there. And she turns towards you and grabs one of the masks and robes. Put this on. It'll be easier for us to move around that way.
3: Oh, I do love playing dress up.
0: And yeah, Alistair (laughs) puts it on. Alistair, someone's helping you and you're being a sarcastic asshole. I mean... I know, it's totally in character. She's just just like, "Mm, maybe, maybe don't help. So once you are sufficiently disguised for these purposes, she has you follow her into this extended part of the church. There are quite a few acolytes here. There's a lot of hustle-bustle going on. Beyond just the fact that there's, like, literally a war taking place on the church grounds, you can smell incense and oils and candle smoke. And you see these members of Fleur's Watch moving what you recognize as, Ritual implements around towards this room. That's not the room that she's taking you to, though. She's taking you further back to a older um, stone hewn hallway. And Alex, you see as you're stepping back out of the shadow, two people from Fleur's watch that are heading towards the bell tower.
1: So they're heading towards that. Alex is heading along with as well. And I think he's just going to almost casually stroll up and stab one of them through the back. Uh, do I want to use my last hold for that? <laughs> no, I think I want to hold to it for now.
4: Alright. So, I may just have to unleash an attack here.
0: Go ahead and roll to unleash an attack. Okay, that's an 8. Alistair, evens or odds? Let's go, odds. Hey, lucky you. (laughs) (laughs) I rolled a (laughs) twos. So, Alistair, as you're moving along with the orchid, you just barely hear Alex's footsteps. And then the sound that is always made on TV shows when someone gets stabbed.
1: It's a very quiet sound, because, like, that's the thing. Yes. It's, it's just up and through the lung, and it's just this soft, like, <gasps> kind of sound.
0: If you weren't standing right there, you would not have heard it. So, Alex, are you inflicting terrible harm or taking something from them?
1: I feel like I'm just inflicting terrible harm here.
0: Yeah, she's going to go down.
1: And uh, I, I am fine with them inflicting harm on me as well.
0: But I did establish that Jeanette was following you. That's true. So I think what happens is basically as the orchid's blood falls and we see her stagger forward from out of her shadow where the blood falls, Jeanette materializes again, this time a bit more substantially and lunges at you before you're able to deflect the attack cool so i think that'll be three harm is what a sword does oh (laughs) (laughs) jeez. and she immediately dematerializes because you didn't find yourself in a bad spot but yeah yeah
1: i will be marking a second scar here i guess
0: having fun with your ghosts hunting you right yeah
1: Let's see. What do I want? Let's, let's just mark disfigured. Why not? I think she gets a good swipe in, probably at Alex's face. Yes. So he's just got that, like, long scar down the, down the center. Nice. Probably, like, all the way to the bone, so it's super, like, noticeable, right?
0: Yeah. Thankfully, you're a vampire, so it's not really bleeding, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's very noticeable. It's gonna be a little hard to fix up. Don't worry, Fenn knows a good plastic surgeon.
1: And then Alex kind of looks over to what he believes is the other Fleur's Watch member, with this just big, you know, gap-faced terrifying smile.
0: Alistair, you just saw Alex get stabbed by a shadow. Alex,
3: what the fuck is going on? Ah, didn't recognize you there. That's kind of the point of most disguises. Yes, well. And Alex motions
4: up to the bell tower like nothing just
3: happened. (laughs) Shall we? A quick check. You said that she fell. Is she, like, dead? She is dying. Is there a way for me to stop that? Well, wait. Because I've got my way... She was leading me to the bell tower, right? Yes. So presumably that's where everything's going down. Alistair's got a pretty clear path. Alistair looks at Alex and just says, Are you going to be okay for whatever happens up there? And I think we can tell that Alex is having a bit of a night. I'll be fine. I suppose, against my better judgment, I will trust you, but allow me to lead the way. Of course. And yeah, Alistair's gonna make his way up to the bell tower.
0: Alright, as the two of you head up towards the bell tower, we move back to Victor, who just killed a bunch of people.
4: Mm Mm-hmm.
5: And is gorging himself on their remains in a horrible scene that I will rather not go into detail
0: on. I am also good with not going into detail on that. We get, like, the shadow profile and, like, the munch noise. And that's it. Mm
5: -hmm. This is me trying to let it out to heal myself?
0: Yeah, go ahead and roll to let it out.
5: That's ten.
0: Nice. How much do you heal when you do that?
5: One. Cool. But I'm going to take a corruption and do it twice. If that's Is that how that moves works? Can I do that? Or can I? I'm
0: going to say you can do that because the 2E version has you heal too when you do this. Yeah. So I'm cool with right. it.
5: <laughs> cool. That gives me my third corruption move.
0: Everyone getting corruption moves.
5: All right he wipes the blood out of his mouth and takes his big, clawed hand and sloshes it on the floor. All right. Where were we? And unless there's something that is going on outside that indicates to me I should stay here, I'm going to move deeper into the church.
0: Nope. Nothing going on outside that indicates that you should stay here. So as you move deeper into the church... You start to pick up on that smell of candle smoke and oils and incense. You can hear chanting going on. Feel like the reverberations of power. You can smell Alistair and Alex in one direction, and in another, you can smell both of your moms. What do you want to do? Ah, uh, that's. Rude. Yep. Sorry, I'm pulling out all the stops for this. <laughs> Absolutely.
5: No, as you should. Victor assumes Alex and Alistair can handle themselves. And whatever's going down the other direction needs to be stopped as well. So Victor heads in the direction of his
0: mother's. All right. You're able to move about fairly easily at this point because everyone who is there for the ritual has converged upon that room. As you approach this area, it's like there's stairs that go down to a stone cellar beneath the church, and that's where you can tell that they are. But they're uh, just judging by the chanting and the noises and the sheer amount of power. There are definitely at least 20 people in there.
4: This is going to suck.
0: And I head down. All right. So from there, we move back towards the outside of the church where multiple vehicles are arriving. Celia Mendoza has plenty of things at her disposal. Actually wasn't too far away when she got called in for this move anyways. And they're all jeeps set up to off-road and handle this snow. And Jeremiah, you get that text that's like, we're pulling up right now.
2: Alright. Jeremiah's going to, uh, to have shotgun. And let's use... Magical item I've been holding on to a while. He's going to take out the bottle the gin is trapped in and uh, unstopper it.
0: Ooh, what is he doing?
2: I'm going to assume let it out because he's about to release a very pissed off magical creature that can hopefully grant him
0: wishes. Yeah, go, go ahead and roll to let it out.
2: Rolling with
4: a plus zero. Yeah. This won't go poorly at all. <laughs> oh no. That's a That's a
2: six. It's
0: a miss. So you unstopper the genie, who starts to coalesce in red and orange and black smoke. And you can just feel the rage rolling off of this genie. Very much a blind rage. There's going to be no wish granting right now because the genie is going to start tearing this church down.
2: Uh-oh. Now, does the tearing start with Jeremiah?
0: Jeremiah is going to need to escape a situation to get out of Oh, here. yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, oh, oh, no. Oh.
2: Why? Why, Landon? Because you have
0: a pissed-off genie! That's like... (laughs) Alright. It's
2: peak
1: hard move.
2: My blood is great. My blood is negative two. Holy shit! Oh! That's seven!
0: Alright. So on a seven to nine, you get to choose two from the escape a situation list.
4: Oh, no. Alright, let's see. Uh,
2: I don't want to suffer harm. I'm almost dead. Let's say we owe someone a debt for the escape and let's end up in another dangerous situation.
0: Perfect. So, what happens because you were pretty close to the edge of the church when you unleashed this genie and You are scrambling to get out. And as you're moving to get out, you catch a glimpse of Fatima Sanchez, who had turned instinctively as this went on, has two pistols. She's going to two pistol this because that's cool. And we get that scene of her doing multiple shots that she has some sort of imbued bullets that seem to be like pushing the genie back further away. It's not really doing any damage but it's buying you enough time to get out of there. All right. And as we get that scene of Jeremiah getting out of there, running out into the snow, our shot zooms out and we're viewing Jeremiah through a scope where a trigger is already getting pulled. And at the last minute, Silk, you see Dinah jerk her rifle at the last minute. And the bullet just buzzes over Jeremiah's shoulder. So I'm going to leave you there for that episode. (laughs) Oh, that's good. And we go back to Alex and Alistair who are ascending the bell tower. At least I assume that's what you decided to do.
3: That is what uh, Alex was doing at the very least. Yeah, Alistair's going up.
0: As you go up, you feel that sort of change that always happens. when. Well, I guess this is Alistair's first time in the bell tower. Alistair, as you're going up, it's feeling more and more like you're underwater. Things feel like they're dragged and hazy a little bit. Everything kind of echoes. And as you make your way into the top of the bell tower, where the bell is, and we've seen Mabel there multiple times, Alex right behind you, the scene we find in there is Mabel Fleur already manifested with a very pissed off Leone, hands around her throat in an all out brawl. Nice. And our last shot is Victor descending to where this ritual is taking place. We follow Victor down the stairs and as. Everyone in the room turns towards the steps coming down the stairs, the chanting stopping. We see Astrid Margaret standing in the middle of the circle, looking up as her son comes descending down the stairs, and in the background of the shadows, we see Ileana Margaret in her wolf form, a large scar over her eye, growling. And that's where we're going to end
7: this episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, tweet us at St. Fleur Pod and let us know your thoughts. Shadows of St. Fleur is an Urban Shadows actual play podcast in Seed by Landon Corbin. You can find him on Twitter at OccasionalGM. This episode was edited by Marie. She can be found on Twitter at Pseudonym Social. Additional editing and production for this episode was completed by Elliot, who can be found on Twitter, at Podcaster Elliot. Alistair is voiced and played by Elliot. You can find him on Twitter, at Podcaster Elliot. Alex is voiced and played by Jeremy. You can find him on Twitter, at TayuFace. Silk is voiced and played by Eric. You can find him on Twitter, at PrimeFactorX01. Victor is voiced and played by Evan. You can find him on Twitter at Nyquist underscore J-E. And finally, Jeremiah is voiced and played by Allison. Urban Shadows is a Powered by the Apocalypse tabletop role-playing game, written, designed, and developed by Andrew Medeiros and Mark Diaz Truman. It is published by Magpie Games, who you can find at magpiegames.com or on Twitter at magpieofficial. Farewell, dear listener. We hope you enjoyed your visit to St. Fleur.